Luke chapter 2 verse 7. Let's start from verse 6. So it was, this is about the, the birth of Jesus. So it was that while they were there, the days were complete for her to be delivered. This is Mary we are talking about. And verse 7 says, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. If you don't know what that is, they were just supposed to keep the baby still. Okay? And laid him in a manger because there was no room for them where? There was no room for them in the inn. Uh, our session today is focusing on the last line of that verse. Pastor alluded to it during the, con the cantata on Friday. And a lot more was behind that verse. And I'd like us to just look at it. Tell your neighbor, make room. Tell your neighbor, make room. Make more room, Melvin says. Make more room. This afternoon, as a, a follow-up to what we listened to in the morning, the man of God was sharing about the different gods that people worship. Do you remember that? We have, what's the god of Baal about? <sighs> the god of reason. Yeah? The people who base their lives based on reason. There has to be a reason. It has to make psychological sense, isn't it? It's very hard to grow that way without without reason. They can't move. You know, it's like stand up for what? If you have to say for what and then they stand up. It's a very tough place to be. But it makes sense, doesn't it? And then we have another God. A God for what? For looks. If it looks good, do it. If it feels good, do it. Do you remember that one? Ashraf. Hey, people were in class. People were in class. Yeah? Ashraf. It's about feelings. It's about your emotions. It's about where you are. Yeah? And then we have the third one. Who was the third one? Kadosh. What's that about? Destruction, death, and fire. If it is driven by fear, stay away from it. This afternoon, I want us to think about whether there's any room in our lives for the Lord. There are many times He's right at the door, but Baal is operating somewhere. Asherah is operating somewhere. By the time we get to Jesus, He's on the doormat. Do you understand what I'm saying? How is it possible that the Lord himself would be in their midst? The Bible talks about him lamenting and saying, Oh Jerusalem, Oh Israel, how you missed your visitation. How you, I was right there next to you, but you didn't see me. It's like having a blind date. And both of you are in the same place, the right place, but because you don't know what you look like, the guy is not showing up. And he's also thinking, this chick is not showing up. But you're right there. Why? Probably because you have different expectations. 
he should be tall, dark, and handsome. And the Facebook profile is deceiving. He was the guy in the background. He wasn't the guy in the foreground. There are many things about the Lord that make him sometimes mysterious or easy to miss or easy to set aside. But this afternoon, my question is very simple. How much room does the Lord have? Mary had to lay him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. What was in the inn that could not hold a baby? What was in the inn that could not make room for a pregnant woman about to give birth? There probably was a party, we'll never know. There probably were more dignitaries, we'll never know. There probably were more fancy-looking people. It beats reason. They have no booking. Why should we give them a place? Do you have an invitation? Do you have an appointment? Have you walked into an office and you asked, do you have an appointment? In other words, why should we give you access? By many standards, the reason we give the Lord access doesn't make sense. And yet, it is the only solution for all of us. So how is it that the Lord is in our midst? And we miss it. That, that verse just hits me like this. I don't know if it hits you that much. My concern this afternoon is that we actually make room. This afternoon, in response to the message we had in the morning, we make room. Many times in the midst of the program, in the midst of the preaching and after service, and you have to say so-and-so, you have to pray for so-and-so, you have to say hello to so-and-so, you have to sell your shoes to so-and-so, some of us come for business and all these things. We haven't had time to actually sit down and chew the message and say, where is Baal at in my life? We haven't had time to sit down and say, oh my God, I take so much time doing my makeup and I'm not throwing stones because I'm a glass house. I spend so much time Caring about what people think, what they say, what do they see. Oh my goodness. By the time I think, oh Jesus, help me. When we read the Bible, it looks like these guys were out there. How can you kill your firstborn child? Isn't it? When you listen to those stories, these guys were crazy. But if we take time this afternoon and allow the Lord to literally, surgically show us where Baal is sitting and where is sitting and where Kedosh is sitting, there will be a lot of sorting to do. Not from a place of condemnation. For I have come that they might have life and have it what? More abundantly. So we need to move from a place of the kingdom being nearby or being just upon us to being actually carriers of the kingdom. That was an amazing message this afternoon, this morning. But this afternoon we want to respond to it. You may ask me, Irene, how do you respond to a message you sit down, and if the Lord tells you this has to go, you say yes. 
The interesting thing about the worship set this, this morning was that the glory that fell in the first was not what fell in the second. Is that the truth or not? The worship team this morning experienced an interesting scenario. The first service session had a different oil to the second. First service, it was like floodgates. Man, I was like, what? Is it the song? What? What? Second service, I see Isaac. Where is Isaac? Very energetic because he has seen it work in the first service. He's expecting it to bounce in the second service. To the extent to which we open our spirits, that's how far the Lord will get in. Many of us love Mandazi. How many love Mandazi? You love Mandazi. Do you love them hard or soft? Oh, there you go. Hard, soft. I like them soft. Tender like a donut. Yeah? But one thing I know about making dough. There's a point where if you don't capture it in time, it becomes either too hard or too soft. Dealing with the Lord is like being a dough. Being able to allow yourself to be stretched at the right time. Otherwise, there will be no room for Him. When your intellect begins to set in, when your relationship's opinion begins to set in, you become hard, isn't it? When your reputation begins to be an issue, that side can no longer be molded. Sometimes we take shape before we reach the furnace. Think about making clay pots. Has any of you worked with clay? Anyone? You've worked with clay? If you've worked with clay, there's, there's a point where you need, there's a certain consistency you need for it to be molded. When it begins to harden, you can't repair it. It breaks. Thank you. It breaks. The Bible talks about him, a potter, crushing the pot to start all over again. Why should we wait for the crushing to happen when it's in our power to just soften and say, you know what? Take over. There are areas in our lives where we just need to make room. We just need to make room. And this afternoon, I want every single one of us to just look inward. It's one thing to keep eating food. It's another thing for you to digest. Otherwise, you begin to throw up. It's time to digest. Tell your neighbor it's time to digest. There's a lot that you've consumed this morning. It's time to digest. How do we digest this? How do we make room for him? We listen. How do we make room for him? People that swim with less clothes swim faster than people that are dressed in many things. If you go swimming with your handbag, belt, and shoes, and jungle boots, by the time we reach the middle of the ocean, the waves don't have to do anything. You sink. 
There are deep places the Lord wants to take you, but He can't take you because you're carrying too many things. We have Baal to appease. We have Asherah to appease. We have this and that and that. Today is the day to commit to letting the kingdom come within. Because the seed has been planted. The seed has been planted. You have heard His word over and over again. Make room. Make room. Make room on that shopping list for Jesus. Make room on that timetable for Jesus. He doesn't ask for like a waterfall. Sometimes it's just buying an extra water bottle and giving it to the guy on the street. He will not ask you for what you don't have. He will ask you for things you have. And if he asks you for what you don't have, that means you have it, but you don't know. When Jesus told the the disciples, these men need food, they're hungry. They looked at him like, doesn't this guy know we don't have food? But he asked, knowing that there was a child with what? Fish and bread in their midst. Until that fish and bread is availed to him, it remains small. The thing we are reserving for ourselves, the thing, the control we are reserving for ourselves, will remain small and unproductive until we surrender it to him. Is it our finances? Is it our time? Is it where we go? A friend of mine was saying, I don't have much time for ministry. You know, I can only come for, you know, like, like let's meet for prayers. And then after that, I go. Then I told her, do you know that if you actually decided I have come for ministry, you will see the opportunities. But because we have walked in with a closed mind, we can only see for the two hours. But if we walk in with a mind that's open to see more, you will know that so-and-so needs to be visited. So-and-so needs a hug. How about a handshake for this one? Tell your neighbor, make room. Make room for the Lord. Make room for the Lord. This afternoon, I'd like to invite us to stand up.